Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for finding us. I know it. Sorry, Lori. Oh, Julia, Lori I'm met in, her new grandson. I, I'm in love, Rocco. <laughs> I'm in love in a way I've never been in love before. Honestly. My weekend claim to fame is I went to Chicago. Casey's daughter, my bonus girl, Mm -hmm. had her first child, the mighty, mighty Bruce. And uh, we went there and for three days, Friday, Saturday, up until yesterday, we went to the airport, uh, spent three whole days holding, staring, smelling, and looking at a one-month-old baby. And I mean, oh, my God. (laughs) It's, they're so sweet. Babies are so sweet. But I feel like you got the bug. Well, you know what? It has been, okay, so I have like a thing with newborns. I've been afraid of them pretty Mm -hmm. much since my mom forced me, Rocco, in fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade to make me babysit the (laughs) newborns of uh, all of their poor Air Force uh, friends that had one, two, three, four stripes. And I was terrified of newborns. And then you got a newborn. I mean, how young I was eleven it, when my brother was born. Yeah, so you had a newborn at eleven years old that you had to take care of too, kind of. Yes, Ugh. I was always afraid of dropping them, their heads, everything. And then I think I didn't really. I mean, of course, Casey's son has two wonderful, adorable kids, but we didn't go and spend three days nonstop with them, day and night, day and night. Yeah. You know, with they them. lived in the city. I think the last time that I like spent time with, like, I think my. Uh, my nice sister, when she had her first child, <laughs> when he was like two months old, the parents went away for like an overnight and I got mm-hmm. to spend like 20 and he was just like the, I just like fell in love with him. But I think it's the combination of seeing Casey, the man you love, snuggling yeah, with this baby, baby Bruce. and he, I mean, it was so Unbelievable. I mean, we did go out to eat a couple times sure. and the ba- baby came with and everything, but they just live in a neighborhood. You walk out the door and there's mm-hmm. restaurants and stuff. But I mean, I'm like admiring the downy hair on the back of his shoulders. I'm admiring his Popeye muscles that he's got just in his arms. You know, mm-hmm. babies have those. Oh, they have the cutest muscles. Yeah. Of uh thing. And I mean, and Casey every morning holds the baby for two hours while mama sleeps and playing very softly, Bruce Springsteen songs. Rocco. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cat like a born to run. You know, everything. Rosalie. I mean, he's That's just, hysterical, Lori. Uh, yeah, That's but, hysterical. We've got to get you, you know, you got to like the number one Bruce. Well, you just mm-hmm. don't meet a lot of Bruce's anymore. No, it's not name, a modern name. When I tell it to anybody, they're like, Bruce? Bruce? And, and then they're like, that's a great name, but it's a pause. Because the old-fashioned names are like coming back. I guess so. But anyway, it was... Um, Do they call it Brucey or anything? Yeah, we've got little, little, little nicknames you know mm-hmm. for him but i mean really they just they just sleep and stretch and oh. make noises yes and very adorable and to the point that my feet swelled up it was so oh, hot dear. also in chicago <laughs> i looked like a 
Uh, Michelin foot baby. Glamour. Uh, yeah, I had like uh, the Frodo foot without the hair. <laughs> the big, gigantic adult toddler feet. They were huge. Your feet. <laughs> huge because there's Rocco. heat and inactivity leads yeah. a girl to a swollen foot. Oh, Lori, did you bring the right shoes? Swelling yeah, my shoes. Birth socks. Yeah, yeah, the swelling birth. shoes. Yeah, I mean, but we just, I would have never guessed that we would have been so happy just staring, holding, <laughs> smelling, snuggling. It's so sweet. For three it's days. so sweet. Yeah. They it really. It's so sweet. And Casey was just, you know, he gets his nose, he drags it across the baby's face, through the head. If the baby is grunting, Casey is grunting, he makes all the same sounds. He becomes the same as the child. You know, he gets down at their level, though. He does this with the other ones. Like, we're going to be on the floor together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so sweet, Laura. Anyway, it was really, that was my weekend claim to fame is I spent three days snuggling with the baby. You it's know. so sweet. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And, and Casey and I were just like both this morning. Oh, my God, we're on an oxytocin high. <laughs> you know, you know, it is the truth. And I guess they are really only like that little one. So it does go by. So I feel very lucky that, uh, we, you know, and, and, you know, Casey's daughter had a true pandemic baby. Yes, she did. The baby was born a month ago, right when everything was opening up again. And so her whole pregnancy was spent in the pandemic. And there were lots of babies, I noticed, at least in her neighborhood in Chicago. There's born? Some, yeah. Pandemic babies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, but it's kind of a, it made me feel bad, like for people who's, like the kid was born a year ago and people couldn't miss oh, out on all imagine? of that, you know, miss, all oh. missing out on these things. So, you know, she feels lucky that she kind of got to be snuggled up during COVID then has the baby when the world's coming back to Absolutely. life too. You know, so. Because you want people to come and visit and yes, see the baby. Yes. Oh, Lori. So anyway, super sweet. How about you guys? What did, Was your weekend claiming to fame just trying to stay cool or Keeping the outside? puppy cool? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Nothing as exciting as hanging out with a new baby. boy. Well, oh. you have a puppy dog. Yep. So he's he, he discovered our little, uh, we bought like baby a little pool? kitty pool last year. Yeah. Um, and he discovered the joys of that. And it's pretty funny because our dog is kind of like this little fluff ball, but when he gets in the water, then like oh, he, sh- he looks like a little rat. Like a little rat. They it's do. It's kind of funny. He's like, hey, hey, try off. You were a lot cuter before you right. jumped in the water. Oh, gosh. So you had puppy oxytocin. Yes. Yeah. And I had little sister oxytocin. Oh, that's right. Your uh-huh. sister was here. And some family oxytocin. Yeah, she came back from Montana for 36 hours. We got her. Very nice. And it was just enough. And um, it was really, it was just nice to see everybody. It's right. nice. It, it it's was, been a year since we, been, everyone's been, been, yeah, been together. together. And, you know, not in front of a space heater in a garage. We right. were in a back, you know, it was, lo- it was a lovely weekend. I, yeah. You know, you and I, this is our weather, Rocco. <sighs> Lori's like feet My are feet. changing the way we feel about it, but it's still. But it's, it was only because it was sitting. Yeah. And they had a beautiful deck and it was kind of shaded and stuff. So we were able to be outside. But as I'm sitting there, just, you know, uh, with the baby, (laughs) my feet are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger (laughs) to the point that I was like, when I scrunched them, you know, I was like, whoa. If you push on the top of her feet, it's like a Pillbury Doughboy. Boof. Boof. They come right back up. Anyway. Like oh, toddlers. I know. They're toddler toes. They're thick on top. <sighs> but anyway, yeah, it was, I, I do the it, warm weather, but I will say on Saturday we were going to go, you know, to Lake Michigan and 
There was some music that was outside, but it was just too damn hot to take a baby out. Oh, gosh, yes. Absolutely. You have to think differently. <laughs> you have to think differently when a small child is there. I, on it the other hand, like 96 oh. is not any kind of temperature to be, you know, schlepping a baby around. No, it, it isn't. You but know, it was if you didn't have a baby, I just rolled with my windows, my roof open, my windows down, cranked the tunes. And I yeah. was just like, this is heaven. Yeah. I love I just love the heat. August weather in June. I know. It, and it's then making of some course, people happy and some people not. It is. And of course, Wendy Woodbury Rocco, which you grew up in. Yes. I mean, holy cow, the winds yesterday. Oh, I had to like I Jerry you rig. said Wendy yeah, Woodbury. Well, I no, was like, who's that? No, Wendy Woodbury. I had to Jerry rig a lot of my plants not to they, p- push. They kept fly, flying over, flying over, flying over. But it that's kept, long been a thing. In it's Woodbury. been a thing. I put ceramic tiles now around all my pots. I mean, like I'm trying to figure out a what way. What is it about Woodbury it's that just, it's so damn windy? It's windy. Maybe we're up on a little bit of a hill. <laughs> Maybe there's a slight incline. I don't know, but it was wicked windy yesterday and just craps up falling All right. over, but it's nice. Um, listen, it is uh, Prince's birthday today. Happy Even birthday. Even though he didn't celebrate his birthdays the last few years that he was live because he was Jehovah's Witness. Yes. We can celebrate it. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, when we come back, it's our story we can't get enough of. Well, I'm not saying I'm going to start matchmaking for the mighty Bruce of Chicago to be dating a little girl who was born on Friday, Lilibet yeah. Diana Mountbatten-Windsor. But you girl can dream. A girl could dream. <laughs> Archie now has a sister, uh, Lilibet Diana. Okay, Archie now has a sister. Archie and Betty. Oh gosh, it's so that's so that's right. Because they named him Archie Harrison, no Archibald. Right, he is He's Archie. Archie. Yeah, but anyway, so here's a, a story. I feel very hopeful for the family. I think there's nothing uh, that will bring a family that's been slightly torn asunder by racial undertones and backstabbing than maybe a brand new baby. So here's uh, Aaron from NBC News. This morning, a new addition to the Sussex family. A baby girl named Lilibet Diana Mountbatten-Windsor, or Lily for short, joining two-year-old big brother Archie. Meghan and Harry making the surprise announcement Sunday, saying Lily was born Friday morning, weighing 7 pounds, 11 ounces, at this hospital in Santa Barbara near the couple's California home. Far away from Windsor Castle, where baby Archie was first introduced to the Queen and the world in 2019. The couple saying in a statement about their new baby girl, she is more than we could have ever imagined. Baby Lily now expected to be eighth in line to the throne. Her first name honoring her great-grandmother, Queen Elizabeth, whose family nickname is Lilibet. Her middle name a tribute to her beloved late grandmother, Princess Diana. The royal family releasing a short joint statement saying they're delighted. Prince Charles and Camilla, as well as the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, also sending their congratulations. We know there has been a rift within this family. Can the naming of Lily be seen as an olive branch of sorts? Whether it's an olive branch, I think it's also about the couple wanting to perhaps remind the world that they still have these very strong royal ties. Uh, yes, yes, they do. And I would say um, that indeed I appreciate the flex from Harry and Meghan about naming this biracial granddaughter of Queen Elizabeth with a name because, um, you know, she 
Queen Elizabeth is the matriarch of the British royal family, mm-hmm. the longest reigning queen. And to have that name given to this little girl is really quite... And it um, was her nickname. Her, it, it was, it her, was her, her sweet nickname. That's right. And it. Um, the thing is, is that it, I would call it a low-key power move. Harry asked his grandmother... We would like to name her Lilibet. We would call her Lily. And you know this because he called you last week? No, the Roy- oh. Buckingham Palace has confirmed this oh, because people were being so awful. Oh, gosh. The British press was already maligning this little baby who's not even a week old for being rude to the queen. And, oh, please. Um, royal sources have confirmed that Harry called the Queen Elizabeth uh, before Meghan gave birth and mm-hmm. said, uh, we would like to name her that. And, and we, you know, are you happy about it? And the queen gave her a blessing to that. And then, of course, little bit Diana. Sure, yeah, after that. And, and um, I like that both Charles and... The Cambridges used the word delighted. Yes. Uh, they even used an exclamation point. Mm-hmm. They congratulated Archie. But it's, um, you know, she's, Lily is a biracial person who's carrying on the nickname of the longest reigning British monarchy in history. And for a family and country with a legacy of colonization, it's, it's, a, it's a nice flex and it's a good thing to be reminded of. Because just as of yesterday, somebody had tweeted... Uh, and it was getting a lot of play online. Now, remember, Harry announces this yesterday. Okay. What a missed opportunity. They could have called the baby Georgina Floydina. Oh, my word. It's terrible. Prince, uh, of course, Pierce Morgan has already attacked. Okay, here's one thing I have to say, Laurie, because we know that you are, we know everyone knows you are all about this. You know, this is... you. But but for I me, love Harry I know and you do, and I, so, we've loved Harry for such a long time. Such fondness. You for him. are more in love with him than me. Mm-hmm. But I still love him. Okay, but I did read some headlines over the weekend, and I was shocked at the announcement of a baby's birth. How negative they all were, and Piers Morgan is one of the most negative men. Mm-hmm. Um, it just outrageously negative and i'm like come this is just a baby this is like the happiest time in people's life there should not be one just happiness happy it's a baby we're happy all these crazy alien stories can't be true can they hey it's steven diener host of the unidentified alien podcast and whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there the unidentified alien podcast or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Why do we have to be negative? But they really, 
go after everything so negative. The British press is something like we've never seen anywhere else. I mean, they are something. And and I mean, Harry and Meghan have really gotten just like I mean, they they're the treatment of it because there's so there's so much of it at the heart of all of it is the racial uh, overtones, undertones, right. you know, whatever you want to call it. I mean, basically, the Daily Mail wrote a column. They're furious. Harry has disrespected the monarchy because his children are American citizens. I mean, uh, Pierce Morgan, you know, the, just unhinged this lady. Pierce Morgan is unhinged. And I think that's unhinged. the best. And the, he really. He's unhinged. It's. You know when people just have something that they can't see through? It's like he has this yeah. Meghan Markle thing right in front of him. Like he has, he can't see past his yeah. hatred. And remember in Harry's own words, he said he's spoken more to his grandmother in the last year than he has his entire life because right. he had to get down and dirty and real and talk to her mm-hmm. in a way that we see from the crown. The queen likes to skate on the surface of feelings. Absolutely. And it, Prince Philip called her Lilibet. Her mom called her Lilibet. Her sister called her Lilibet. And her dad called her Lilibet. And at Prince Philip's funeral, there's no one to call her Lilibet. But now there's another little Lilibet mm-hmm. who will carry. That means something I to be named sweet. after a yeah, great grandparent sweet. or a great grandma. You know what I mean? I mean, Rocco, you've named a kid, but there is mm-hmm. meaning. To a name to carry on your yes, family absolutely. and where you fit into it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just beyond sweet. I do too. And the queen, royal sources coming out and letting people know that Harry discussed it with her, Queen Elizabeth I, is her putting her foot down yeah. and saying, I Stop. want it to be known that we discussed it. Yeah. To put an end to Just, all that uh, talk. Yeah. In a way that this is my eleventh great grandchild. Stop! But like in mm-hmm. a way that they didn't want to do with like Meghan Markle stories sure, or sure, whatever. Sure, sure. Great grandma felt protective. It's a great, lovely name, and um, it's a Lily. Lily, mm-hmm. and apparently um, Lori, Lori was going to have kids that were going to be Lily and Jack. I know. I, 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 I remember this from when I met oh, yeah. you. Oh, I know. I mean, 30 Rocko, years. Really? 30 years. And then you now I, you pick out a name. You pick out a name, yeah. and then people like own them. Like, you yeah. can't name your no, kids that. And my sister had Benji, and my sister had kids after all of us. And right. she's like, she had Benji and another good name. And I'm like, well, can't have those. I mean, like, people claim them. They go, oh, wait, That's I'm right. putting my hand in the sand here. These are my names. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, they've chosen a name for their daughter and she's already a change maker and it's a very sweet thing and I am just bursting. I want to see a with, picture. With joy that Queen Elizabeth instructed her palace yeah. sources to let them know. Yeah, that's good. Because that was already taking a big thing about how disrespectful Harry was to co-op his grandmother's name, but she is shutting that down. And the Cambridges and Prince Charles used the word delighted with exclamation marks. So I feel very hopeful, you know, because Harry's supposed to go home um, like in a month right? for the unveiling of uh, his mom's statue at Kensington Garden. And I think, uh, you know, I think I hope I hope Megan is able to go. So I hope they I. get and a I private plane. I, and I hope they go and, and then everyone can smell Lilibet, Lily, Diane. I mean, you know, <laughs> and everyone will feel really good about it. You know, it'll be very healing.
And Kate's already working on William. I know. I love this. I love yeah. this, Lori. Lori, this is going to be one thing that we're going to need to see happen. Yes, we need. This is, this is going to be a goal. Yeah, I mean, because also yesterday, the uh, one of the, I think it was the son, basically said the British monarchy is depending on Lilibet Diana because she's like ninth or tenth in line and her being an American citizen. I mean, like she would ever be, Now I know. I know. You know what I mean? I know. The chance that... It's ridiculous. So anyway, congratulations, Harry. Great name. And Megan. Yeah, no kidding. And don't forget, Megan's other baby's coming out this week. Her children's book, The Bench. Well, thank you for announcing it. Lori's going to do a book review on that (laughs) on Friday. (laughs) I'm going to do a book review next, though. You read a hot block. All right, we'll be right back. This is Lori and Julia and my talk. Perfect song, Rocco, for uh, the book review that I have. So, okay, so, you know... Uh, one of the unpraised things that we did not appreciate uh, Donnie Love for was his uh, amazing ability to get the books that we would tear out of People magazine or the Star Tribune and say, book get this. this author, book this author on. And and, and he would get us fantastic authors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, anyway... We, Julia has been doing that that's right. for the last almost year. That's right. And uh, no idea how complicated, uh, complex, time-consuming, everything else uh, that that it is. And this book that you're going to give us the review on is one I have gone after. I have sent yeah. more emails, more text messages, and got nothing. Yeah. She so, may be the hottest author, this, author on the planet. The sore spot for me, Lori. It's Taylor Jenkins Reid. I'll I'll hold it up for people who might be watching on, on the old good old YouTube. Good old the good old YouTube. You know who you are. But you, do you have Just to read? look at Lori on YouTube today. For today I forgot to shower. Okay. So So anyway, it's called Malibu Rising and it's by Taylor Jenkins Reid. The book just came out last Tuesday, mm-hmm. and I know you started trying like three months ago. Laurie was longer than longer that. Than that. I had okay. post-it notes up there. It, it, this one is, it's the sore spot for me. I, I know cry. it is. And, <laughs> and the thing is, is that uh, I discovered uh, Taylor I in Hawaii. Yes. I picked up at Barnes & Noble a trade paperback, and I was taken with the cover. It was a beautiful woman in a green silk ball gown with like gloves over her arms, jewelry and it said hollywood it had a couple of great blurbs but it was the cover that just got me and it was called the seven husbands of evelyn hugo and she wrote that i thought she wrote daisy in the six she also wrote daisy jones in the six so i read evelyn the seven husbands of evelyn she wrote that too come home from hawaii you know tell you about it save the trade back you know paperback for you just it was an intoxicating book rocco just everything we love Reads like fiction. It is fiction, but it's Hollywood. <laughs> it's got sex. It's got romance. It's really well written, you know. So I, I'm like, okay, her next book. And I could have sworn we had her on for Daisy Jones and the Six. We didn't. I'll never forget when you came home. Are you home. sure we didn't? You came home talking about it, and you sat and said the whole time it was on a Hawaii trip, and you said, I thought it was a true story. And you had to no, go. No, not this one. I told you Evelyn Hugo. I also thought it was, but mm-hmm. Daisy Jones, I think that Donnie booked her. If okay. we were to look back at our book club, like maybe three years ago, Taylor Jenkins Reed was on our show for Daisy Jones and the Six. And yes, 
Rocco, it is a story that reads like it's about a real life band at the Troubadour. You think when you're reading it, I'm going to have to Google some of these right, songs. Right. You think it's about a real ba- band. Uh, Taylor is such a good Okay, writer. what is this book and about? Reese optioned Daisy Jones and the Six. Yes, she did. And that is being filmed. Okay, so this book, which Malibu, is, Malibu Rising. Rising. Um, I read the book you gave to me unpack the letters or whatever, whatever it's coming up in a couple of weeks. I finished that book because Julia, sometimes, you know, Casey, you know, was holding the baby and I was reading. What, what, what else okay. are you supposed to do? Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But when anyway, the baby sleep, you have to get things done. Yeah. I was reading. Yeah. So I read this book that you gave me for pack a up show. The moon. Pack up the moon. And it's just, just loved, loved that. But I'm like panicked because I've got time. It's Sunday mm-hmm. or no, it's Saturday. Oh afternoon and what i don't I have do? a book and right. this is a true feeling this yeah. panic feeling when you don't have something new to read yeah we i don't want to read this. my phone no i want to just enjoy escape in between holding the baby i want to enjoy uh, a book and so roscoe books was like kitty corner from uh and this is in chicago the, yeah in chicago cute little local bookstore and I go in and I see Ellen Hildebrand, Golden, Golden Girl. That another source spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they don't know that she loves us and she wants to be on our show. <laughs> Taylor's only been on our show once. She doesn't realize what a passionate reader of her. I, Rocco, do you I see am. how we feel about these yeah. people? Yeah. We're and they, don't better. To, they don't care about us like we care about them. But... Be, okay, so I see there's one copy of Malibu Rising, and do you see that signed copy? Oh, because geez. I think that's one thing that, like, a lot They're of... They're doing for local bookstores. Yes. Authors are for local bookstores. Books, you know, and um, and it was the last copy, and I talk, I'm talking to the lady who's working at the store, and I said, oh, I'm so glad you made it. You know, me, I always try and pretend I'm right from there. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you made it through the winter in your stores here. <laughs> Like I'm a concerned neighbor. Lori and wants I am to for three days. Yeah. I am for three days a concerned neighbor, Rocco. I I made the girl promise me she would never you've got you've got this amazing bookstore. They had an amazing children's section. I love a local bookstore. I do too. Of course we do. Anyway, I get the last copy. There were ten of them. She got they got ten in on and Tuesday. Got, oh, I got the last kidding. one on Saturday afternoon. So people are reading. I finished this book in 24 hours, basically, Malibu Rising. What's it about? It is about, okay, it's uh, Malibu. It's August. It's 1983. It's the day of Nina Riva's famous Malibu party, and she's a surfer swimsuit model with an incredible figure, um, dazzling figure. (laughs) I mean, I was, like, getting horny for her reading the description. (laughs) Her brother is a championship surfer. Of her course. other brother, Hud, and they're all named like Hud and Kit and Nina Probably. and Jay. And their dad is world famous Mick Riva, who's like a cross between Elvis and like uh, like a Frank Sinatra. Okay. Maybe Tom Jones. Maybe Tom Jones and Elvis. Okay. But he's a crooner who started in the... Fi- anyway, but the story is all told basically over 24 hours in Malibu, but with... Just like in Daisy Jones and the Six, or if you read The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, with flashbacks to other characters, like her dad, yeah. her mom, you know, to their characters Perfect. to build this layered confection 
of hmm. a story. I mean, Julie, I'm afraid when I give Don't, it to you, you will fall down the rabbit I hole. I want to. And you won't come up for air because it's so juicy. She does reference name checks Celia St. James. And we... Seven Husbands yes, of Evelyn Hugo. Right. Oh, gosh. Lori. And um, But it's about family own. and secrets and fame. And, you know, it's like a dazzling... Do I want to listen to that on my drive to Montana? Uh, Do I want to wait and have someone tell me the story? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Take a listen. Do you have to buy it first? Can you I taste sample, sample it? it? I could sample you it. Like the because voice? it sounds so good, Lori. Oh, it is. And, you know, there's so, so there's surfing stuff in it. There's Malibu in the 80s. There's also the whole thing about... Um, dads that can't keep their pecker in their pants you know whether it's fame whether it's from surfing whether it's from music but there's a lot of people who monogamy becomes difficult for men men can in a way walk away so much more easily than a woman Mm -hmm. um and so you know her parents uh nina who's really i guess our protagonist right um She's the oldest daughter and her mom and dad marry and divorce twice. And, you know, she's like 19 when she marries Mick Reva, right as he turns famous at 23. You know, so yes. it's like that kind of a, you know, how it's, they have boom, 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 the kids. You loved and it. I love it. Hands down. Hands down. I it's, love a book that you can't put down. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty. Well, we've heard so much about this and it just has such a sore spot because I've wasted so much time on emails <laughs> And post-it notes, and mm. I, I guess you know. And I read, you know, I went back to Taylor. She's got a very new glamorous headshot for her book. Oh yes, you know, very, she kind of looks like Isabella Rossellini. She does, she does, and I think she's she's got a husband and a daughter. And I feel like she's, you know, she even in her acknowledgments, I am a different writer today than I was two years ago because. The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo was like her third or fourth novel, but that book exploded. Then the Daisy Jones and Wreath. I mean, it's multiple languages. You know, she's made a lot of money now, and she's um, probably, maybe she's one of the authors who doesn't really like talking to radio talk show ladies who have a book club such as ours. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought I can, I don't care. It it made me, uh, and you can follow her uh, because she does, you can, it says to contact Penguin Random House for speaking engagements. Oh, please. Um, (laughs) Do you know where Penguin Random House, and we have friends there. Speakers at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lori, they sent me to Valentine and said, oh, it's not, it's her who does it. And then I fell up with her. It is right here in her book. Well, we didn't have the book. It just came out last Tuesday. I worked so hard to try to get this person on. I this one just makes me mad. What so if I you were going it. about it all wrong? Um, well, for the last year, <laughs> okay, we yeah, did you, have some a lot of good. Yeah, books. Yeah, we have had a lot of good books. and too okay. many, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Two a week, we're cutting back because <laughs> right. it's just too much. But right. I feel like some of them we got rock blocked on this one because she's just simply a huge author. Yeah, I know. Jenna picked her. 
Jenna, who yeah, took whatever. our book club idea, you know. Everyone steals from us. Oh, they just got in there and hogged those national shows like the Today Show. Please sign, <laughs> please support your local bookstores. I mean, honestly. Malibu Rising is the book. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. And, you know, pay, and what was you, the last great book you read, Taylor? Drink and read. That's right. And She's going to say something that's coming up on our show next. And Okay, Rocco, I know Julie's been to Malibu. Have you ever been to Malibu? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, so there is something magical about oh. Malibu, and do you know how many years there have been fires in Malibu? It goes back over 100 years. It is fire cent- central. Right. I mean, that's kind of how the book starts out, mm. is listing um, Malibu catches fire. It is simply what it does from time to time. Tornadoes take the flatlands of the Midwest. Floods rise in the American South. Hurricanes rage against the Gulf of Mexico. And California burns. Burned back in 500 B.C. It burned in 1800. It caught fire in 1903 when one couple owned the whole stretch of land, which is now Malibu. Frederick and May... Fringe. Now I don't know if this is true. This is in this is the page this one is the of the way book. It starts. Malibu caught fire in 1917-1929. After the like... first movie stars got there, it caught fire in fifty six and fifty eight when the longboarders and beach bunnies trickled to its shore. It caught fire in nineteen seventy and nineteen seventy eight after the hippies settled in the canyon. It caught fire in nineteen eighty two, nineteen eighty five, and ninety three, ninety six, two thousand three, two thousand seven. It is Malibu's nature to burn, and then the story begins. Oh, so good. So it really paints as very vivid how different Malibu is with all of its little coves. It references, you know, the place where Paradise Cove, mm-hmm. where the, you know, million-dollar trailer park <laughs> is. Rocco, have you ever eaten at Paradise Cove? That restaurant? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where, yeah, where you can... Sit outside and yep. your feet in the sand. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and Marilyn Poe's there. It's kind of, and you see all the trailers that are above it, and people yeah. are like, oh, yeah, that those are like $2 million to lease those. Yeah. You know, it's just, right. but you can see just the, it's 27 miles of uh, kind of incredible coastline with Canyon on the other side of the road and just one road. Right, Lori. So, all right, read read the book, Malibu Rising. Malibu Rising. That's mm-hmm. what the book review. Oh, we got to go. Look, local bookstores is yes. the other big thing. We got to go. We got to call Chris Schneider. We do. We have we'll, to talk music. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. You got to thank Chris Schneider for that great bumper music. That's Kiss the Tiger singing Motel Room. Oh, my God. Do we love that song? Yeah, that, that, that whole album is it's just a fantastic album. I mean, it's just straight up rock. It's, oh. You know, you don't you don't have to describe it too heavily. It's just straight up rock and roll. The the front woman, Megan Creedler, she's she's just this dynamic. She comes out of a theater background, so she's just got this natural stage energy that uh, you know it's almost like Freddie Mercury. Oh she, she's God. just uh, explosive. When hi, we, Chris. Hi, Chris. When are we going to be able to see Kiss the Tiger play somewhere? They are playing every Thursday in the month of June at Ice House. Ice, Ice House is one of, one of the venues that has a real nice patio setup. Uh, and and for a while there, it was looking like you know that was going to be some of the, the biggest thing of summer almost. Right. And, and then uh, lo and behold, uh, like like a flip was switched. A switch was flipped. Excuse mm-hmm. me. And 
And uh, no, we're we're full on heading into the rock and roll season here in, in the coming weeks. It's, it's right. amazing, but but still go see Kiss the Tiger. Highly recommended at, at Ice House because oh, those are going to be great. I, I love it. Okay, so Gay, tell us some of the stuff because you you had a great story last week about just stuff that was going on, and we're like, oh, we got to have Chris on, and and you just got to tell us as much as you can in your time what's coming yeah, up. Yeah. It's you. You can kind of break it break it up into three categories. You have you have these outdoor shows like like Ice House, things that were already being planned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ice House. Some of the amphitheaters, you know, like the casino amphitheaters, have have some shows this summer. Right. That's all happening in the now. Okay. Basically through through summer. Then you have indoor shows at at like venues like like the Turf Club, the Fine Line. Those are starting up in July. Uh, and those are mainly with just local bands. It's it's basically the acts they could book on short notice uh, for for midsummer, and then come September, uh, even even starting with somewhat in, in in August, that's when the touring acts really start up again, and, and that's when you're you're seeing the Palace Theater, the First Avenue Main Room, you, even the arenas. There's even arena shows on for September and beyond. So and and you know for a while there are, some of that stuff was already on the books but we didn't know it was going to happen and, right. and it, it's happening. It's 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 full on at this point. So super exciting. Yeah, it, although I'm not I'm, I'm still not sure if I can it can be used to getting staying out late. Well, Chris, I be out. I know you stayed in for, you know, because We've you all stayed, stayed in, in, but you whose life was, you know, reviewing music and going out to concerts every night. I mean, what are you thinking about getting back out there every night again? I no, I, I'm I'm worried I'm going to be able to handle it. I know a lot of people are actually, and, and it, these the, it, these outdoor shows that are happening now are kind of a good in between mm-hmm. thing because they they all naturally have to end at ten o'clock because right. of noise ordinance kind of stuff. So that, that's been kind of a, a, a good good lesson on a uh, good good primer on getting back to it. But yeah, once once we're doing the past midnight thing, I don't know. Good luck. Yeah, right. I love the early hours personally. <laughs> yeah, early... no, I know, and I, I seriously wonder if, if promoters shouldn't actually think about adjust, at least for the first few months adjusting the the the, the start times to, to be a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. We'll yeah, see. we'll see. Well, I and I like that, like because I saw that. Um, I think I don't know. Uh, you must have tweeted about uh, Teen and the B sides playing at the Turf Club, and I just thought, ah. You yeah. know, because I'm so glad to see like stuff like that happening. Because as far as I'm concerned, some of our local bands we don't get to see often enough. Yeah, no, it's it's great for everyone in the community that these shows are happening because the bands, the local bands, need the need the money, and, mm-hmm. and the venues need needs. You know, all of a sudden they the venues got a green light to book shows and. You know the the local bands are stepping up, so it's good for everyone. Yeah, the the turf club in particular, because the, the turf club was was damaged in the riots mm-hmm. after the George Floyd's killing. Um, you know, it's along University Avenue, so it was it was the, that particular band right. of, of, of chaos. And uh, somebody broke in and and tried to start a fire, and they had new sprinklers in there. They they rebuilt the place in 2013, so mm-hmm. it was it was a nice sprinkler mm-hmm. system. But there was so much bad stuff going on that night that nobody could turn off the sprinklers, so they had really oh. bad water damage. Okay. Uh, so that's been under repair for for the better part of the year, and and uh, they're finally going to reopen. And they got uh, J- July seventh through tenth. They got a run of really great shows. Dessa's playing two nights. Uh, another another great kind of younger local band called Night Moves are playing. 
Uh, and then, and then later in July, they're, they're, they got a lineup of, of, uh, club vets, uh, including Teen and the B-Sides, uh, Martin Zeller, the Gear Daddies is playing one night there at the turf in late July and, and Run Westy Runs doing a night. So, and, and then right around that time is when the 7th Street Entry and Fine Line are reopening too. And, and, um, well, those are all with local bands too. I, I was interviewing one of the, one of the acts playing the 7th Street Entry, Monica LaPlante. She, she played the outdoor thing mm-hmm. at the Hook and Ladder. Uh, over Memorial Day weekend, so I was interviewing her to write about her before that. So this was in this was the day that that Governor Waltz announced the rollbacks of of the you know the guidelines, right? And and, and uh, she had just gotten her vaccine that morning, her second vaccine. The ordinance was rolled, all the, the guidelines were rolled back, and then right in the middle of our interview, she got a text from a, a booker at First Avenue, and which was basically asking if she wanted to play this Seventh Street Entry show. So it's just as this confluence of like, oh my God, yeah. everything is starting again. Yeah, that's uh, wonderful. It, was, it really is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and do you think, Chris, like, are we going to have like the concerts at Mirrors Park? Are we going to get uh, that kind of music back? Yeah, as a matter of fact, that's that starts up this this uh, Thursday. And in fact, uh, I have a story running on the the the, the lead off artist is Lady Midnight. She's phenomenal. I can't recommend seeing her enough. She's just this fantastic kind of electronic R&B singer. She just has this real mishmash of styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's she's a great start to what's really a great series. And, and that's that's free, you know, right. which which is great because, you know, a lot of, a lot of people were out of work or haven't weren't able to save up money over this thing. So, um, no, the, there's there's affordable options to get out there, too, and, and that's definitely a good one. That, yeah, it's called the Lower Town Sounds, as they okay. renamed the series Lower Town Sounds. But New Standards are playing that. Uh, actually, I think uh, Kiss the Tiger is playing that, Annie Max playing that, uh, the Flamin' O's, High Respects, lots of just, just great talent. And that's and every Thursday great. night. Yeah, exactly. And it's gotta love those acts for, for putting on those free shows. I mean they, they need to make money too, but those, right. well and they do get they do get money through sponsorship at right. those shows, but they could be making more in venues. But yeah. it, it's great they're they're doing this for, for, for fans locally. Yeah. And even even the even the Jayhawks who who can fill the Palace Theater at thirty bucks a head, they just announced a free show at uh Lake Harriet Banshell on I believe it's August twelfth. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a beautiful thing too. That's just yeah. They're just uh, Chris, for, for I gotta. People. We gotta go. We gotta have you back. We want people to follow you so or much. buy the paper. So Thank you. To do yeah. All right, follow Chris. Chris R at Strib Shoe.